This morning's gospel reading and the words of our sermon text, Mark chapter 13, verses 32 through 37. Jesus says to us, No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Watch, be alert and pray, because you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going away on a journey. When he left his home, he put his servants in charge and assigned what each one was to do. He also commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house is coming, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or early in the morning. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. My dear family in Christ, I want to begin by wishing you a happy new year. I'm not calendar challenged, and no, you didn't miss the big ball dropping in Times Square or couples sharing an embrace at the stroke of midnight or anything like that. Today, we begin a brand new Christian church year. And the Christian church year begins with the season of Advent. Advent is a Latin word. It means he's coming or he comes. And so this season of Advent becomes a season of preparing and watching and waiting because Jesus is coming. In our midweek Wednesday Advent services, which begin this week, we'll be watching and waiting and preparing our hearts to celebrate the first coming of our Savior as that champion in Bethlehem's manger. But here in this morning's text from Mark chapter 13, Jesus is helping us to wait, to watch, to prepare for his second coming, his glorious return on Judgment Day. Now, of course, we don't know when Judgment Day is coming. It could come at any time. Nor do we know exactly what's going to unfold in the course of this brand new church year. Maybe this will be a church year when we are allowed by God's hand of blessing to soar to new heights together as a congregation. Or maybe we together will face some very daunting challenges. Who knows? But this I do know. We will do well to view this brand new Christian church year as a fresh start, like a, a fresh blank canvas that's just waiting to be painted as an opportunity for every one of us individually as Christians and together as a family of believers to revel in God's grace and to seize every available opportunity to do his will. Friends, a brand new church here stands in front of us this morning. It's another new year to live in the grace of God. Jesus wants to remind us this morning that it is, first of all, a year of responsibility. 
Jesus had been teaching his disciples that the time was coming when he would be betrayed into the hands of his enemies and put to death. But that he would rise again and that he would come back to take them to be with him. But he also wanted his disciples to know what it was that they were to be doing in the meantime. And in order to help them to understand a a little bit better, Jesus used an analogy from everyday life. He said to them, it is like a man going away on a journey. When he left his home, he put his servants in charge and assigned what each one was to do. He also commanded the doorkeeper to keep watch. Okay, so picture a a really wealthy couple. And they live on this sprawling estate. And they're going to be gone for a six-month vacation. And before they leave, they gather all of their hired help together and remind all of them of the responsibilities they're to carry out while they're gone. It's everyone from the maintenance crew to the the cleaning staff to the landscapers, even down to the people that are going to take care of their pets while they're gone. Make sure you do this and make sure you do that. Friends, Jesus is this man who is going away on a journey Because he finished his work of redeeming the world when he lived for us as our Savior, when he died for us as our substitute. And then he rose from the dead, and 40 days after that, Jesus ascended back into heaven. And so for a time, he is gone, at least visibly, from our presence, though he said, I am with you always to the very end of the age. And while he is away, we're his servants. Now, please notice something in what Jesus said. He said that each one had assigned tasks. I think that means that the question for us here today is this. What assigned tasks has the Lord Jesus given to you? You see, Christianity was never meant to be merely a a spectator sport where we just sit back and kind of watch and see what happens. Scripture repeatedly calls on God-saved people to serve the Lord according to their particular station in life. Doesn't matter matter whether you're a mother or a father, a son or a daughter, an employee or a manager, married or single, blue collar or white collar, a grade school student or a senior citizen, Jesus has given us work to do, responsibilities to carry out as his saved people. And and the Lord expects us to bloom for him wherever he's chosen to plant us in life. That's what we are to do while he is away, as we await for his grand return. Today's the start of a new church year start of another brand new year to live in God's grace. And that makes today an excellent opportunity for each one of us to step back and ask ourselves, what gifts and responsibilities has God chosen to give to me? How can I go about serving him faithfully until Jesus returns? Now, please don't confuse these God-given responsibilities with unreasonable demands that he makes of us. These aren't just mere busy work or spiritual chores that God gives us to while away the time. 
No, what God has placed before us is all a gift of his grace. And not only does he want us to do all these things to his glory, and not only does he give us the needed gifts to serve him, but he also fills us with the motivation and the desire to be about his work. In other words, God doesn't have to come dragging a Christian by the ear and threatening us with damnation to carry out the work that he's given us to do. And you know why. It's because this coming Savior came that first time into our world to take our place, to fight our battle, to accept upon himself the punishment for every single sin that we've committed, for all of our failures, for all of our blown opportunities, for all of our shirking of our responsibilities. Jesus paid our debt. And by his grace, heaven is already ours. So encouraged and and strengthened and, and motivated by his grace, God calls on us to respond in faithful service joyfully going about the the various responsibilities that God has chosen to to place before us in life. To do everything that you do, no matter where you are, no matter when it is, to the glory of God. To live your life in response to the grace that he's shown you. You know, they, they called it the dark day. The actual date was May 19th in the year 1780. An eerie darkness covered most all of New England. And it was in the middle of the day. Historians who wrote about it note that the sun was in the sky, but it just seemed to suddenly stop shining for whatever reason. There was an eerie darkness in the middle of the day. Roosters crowed and woodcocks whistled and frogs croaked as if night had fallen in at 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Looking back on it, many people, most people, attribute it to some wildfires that were likely burning in the area, but not everyone. At that time, when the darkness set in, the Connecticut State Legislature happened to be in session. And there they are, in the early afternoon, and this darkness comes sweeping over them. And some of them, in a state of panic, believed that Judgment Day was taking place. And so one of them made a motion to adjourn. And that's when one of the legislators, a man named Abraham Davenport, got up to speak, and he said this, Gentlemen, if this is not the great day, we are foolish and alarmed. And if it is, I wish to be found by my maker doing my duty. I ask, therefore, that candles be lighted and that we proceed with the work at hand. Doesn't that capture the sense of what the Lord Jesus is saying to us in this morning's text? I'm going to return. I'm coming back for you. But in the meantime, go about the work that I've placed before you to accomplish. While we wait, let's be sure to be about the work that the Lord has given us to do. Let's not shirk any of our God-given responsibilities. Let's look for opportunities to serve the God of our salvation. Let's look to be a blessing to other people in the world out of love for the Lord Jesus. Look, maybe he's calling you this morning to be that watchman, that doorkeeper that Jesus used in his parable. Maybe the Lord is looking to use you to remind somebody who is spiritually drifting 
to be alert, to stay awake, to keep watching. Maybe you can use this time to invite someone who isn't connected to Jesus to come and learn of him. Maybe this coming Christmas season will provide the perfect opportunity for you to do exactly that. I I pray you will. But looking back at what Jesus has done and, and looking ahead to what Jesus has promised us as ours forever, respond joyfully with your life of faith. Take up these wonderful duties, these tasks, these responsibilities that the Lord has given you to carry out and do everything to the glory of his name. This is a year of responsibility. And may it also be a year of watchfulness. Jesus says, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. You know, that's interesting. He's telling us, of course, that we don't know when Judgment Day is going to be. But the angels... The angels have all kinds of power, but it's not an unlimited power. The angels have all kinds of knowledge and wisdom, but it's not an unlimited knowledge. Jesus says that not even the angels in heaven know when Judgment Day will be. More puzzling than that, however, might be the statement that Jesus himself doesn't know. Now, let's clear that up. Jesus said this when he was speaking according to his human nature. When he came into the world to be the sinner's savior, to be our humble servant, Jesus set aside the full and constant use of his divine power and glory. There were times when he took it up and put it on display, but for the most part, Jesus chose to set that aside. He's speaking here according to his human nature. Certainly, now in heaven, in his state of exaltation, now that he's taken back that full glory and power and honor, certainly Jesus today knows when judgment day is coming. He reigns as our exalted king. But the point that Jesus wants to make to us in this text is that we need to remain watchful. Do you notice how he piles up the phrases? He says, watch, be alert and pray. Keep watch. Do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, keep watch. I looked it up the other day. Statistically, every year, an estimated 6,400 people die in car crashes that are directly related to drowsy driving. You ever been a drowsy driver? It's late at night. You're dead tired. You're driving down a long, straight stretch of road, the hum of the tires, one mile marker after another, and your eyes start to get heavy. And suddenly your head nods, and then you snap it back up again. You roll down the window, you crank up the radio. At the very next exit, you pull off and buy the world's strongest cup of coffee, whatever it's going to take to stay awake, because falling asleep at the wheel could be fatal. Believers, we need to stay awake and watchful. The Lord is imploring us in this text to stay sharp and to stay alert, because he loves you so much Jesus is saying to you this morning, do not let him find you sleeping. Obviously, it's not wrong to get a good night's sleep, right? But certainly, Jesus is telling us here to not let him find us not watching, backsliding, 
losing our spiritual focus. He says, keep watch, stay alert. Because see, Satan would love to distract us. He would love to make us spiritually drowsy. Sometimes Satan's best way to us is to to instill in us a a spirit of spiritual procrastination. Yeah, I'll put it off to another date. Next month, next month, I'm going to get more serious about reading my Bible more regularly. You know, when my kids get a little older, then we'll start going to church more often. When things slow down a little at work, then I'll see if I can find more time for my spiritual life. One of these days, I'll get around to inviting that friend of mine to church or to a Bible study. Someday. Friends, the Advent message sounds a note of urgency and expectancy. It puts the emphasis on right now, today. Tomorrow or next week, next month, next year, could be too late. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 says this, look, now is the favorable time. See, now is the day of salvation. Stay watchful. Be alert. Like little children that are looking forward to Christmas, we are filled with an advent, excitement, and joy, and watchfulness. Not, not so much looking forward to opening up some presents that will soon be forgotten, but looking forward to meeting Jesus someday in heaven. To be able to throw our arms around the one who stretched his arms out to win our salvation. To be able to stand in the presence of the Son of God. We're looking forward to all of that. And it's Jesus who made all of that possible, of course. Because he has come, he will come again. The first time Jesus came in humility and lowliness, that little helpless baby in Bethlehem's manger, but next time Jesus is coming in great power and glory, flanked with all of his holy angels. The first time Jesus came to carry the sins of the world to the cross. The next time he comes, he will carry us home to heaven forever. He's coming. Jesus understands how hard it is for us to wait. Jesus understands the lure of the rebel kingdom that wants to instill in us the lie that this world can offer everything we need here and now. Jesus understands the challenge that this long time of waiting presents to our life of faith. And that's why he's propping us up this morning with resolve. By sounding some earnest warnings. Christians, there can be no sleeping while we watch and wait. There is to be no time off in our life of faith. Every single day is a new day to be lived in the joy and excitement of anticipation. Every day calls for us to be ready. Every day is a day for us to say with hearts of faith, come Lord Jesus, amen.